0: Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 72 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on February 10th, 2017, on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have the voice that launched the Thousand Ships and the Running Giraffe, Justin Sane 0516. How have the uh, drops been for you?
1: This has been an eventful week for me. Uh, yeah. I have been victimized. Been the victim. <laughs> I, I got an, a very official looking scary letter from an agency I didn't know existed, which is the USPS Special Investigations Office. <laughs> and they did not send me a decoder ring. They did not try to enlist my help in cracking some unfathomable um, cipher. No. They told me that I had been the victim of mail theft. And uh, so basically they sent me a bunch of photocopies of like stuff that like my mail that had been found in the possession of a mail thief. And then this morning in the daily light, which is my local newspaper shout out walks (laughs) a There is, there's a quarter page write up about a young stoner. But a young stoner who was who was sitting in the alley behind my house oh, God. <laughs> and was pulled over with a felony amount of marijuana and most of my mail <laughs> So I only include this in my podcast about destiny so that I can tell everyone listening. If you sent me fan mail and I don't respond, it's because it has been admitted into evidence.
0: (laughs) Okay, go on. You can you can go on the show. So you didn't you didn't get any drops. You had things taken from you. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. He did. He he certainly didn't take
1: any bills. He just took anything that resembled a check.
2: Like he could he could actually cash it. Totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, like I thought it was a pay it forward type thing and he was going to take my bills and pay them
0: not so much. Oh, I just love the fact that your 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 biggest like your biggest disappointment is that you didn't walk away with the Dakota ring. Yeah, like I when they said, "Hello,
1: citizen," I was like, "This is the call to action I've been waiting for." Of yes, justice. no, they did. They did not need my help. What? What, Green? Have I disappointed you?
2: <laughs> no. I'm just thinking it's like the Justice League has contacted, Sir yes. running draft, and unfortunately our Dakota ring got taken in the mail.
0: Taken in the mail
2: along with by the, the lurking
0: by the lurking platypus
2: yeah
1: that lurking platypus <clears throat> He was the taking <laughs> the taken mail sentry.
0: <laughs> well, so
1: honestly real point here um watch your watch your mailbox
2: <laughs> install <laughs> camera in mailbox
1: can you imagine if they had gotten my grimoire book oh you would have that yeah Oh, I'd have split my. <laughs> oh, I just cursed. Yeah, I'd have lost it. I'd have been down there at the at the jailhouse, just wanting to interrogate him. So no, but seriously, where's my book? Yeah, where's my book? It had various grimoire. I've heard there's some arhamkara pieces <laughs> at the end. I'd really like it if you would give it back. So that was my week. How'd you guys do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, from the <laughs> from the depths of the madness-inducing mind maps, we're also joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, hope you're doing well. Mm. Uh, probably better than Justin. How's the week gone for you?
2: Well, I haven't had my mail stolen, so that's good. But, uh, yeah, I've been fighting a head cold and stuff like that. Nothing super exciting. Watching the wife play Stardew Valley. You know, I you see me pop up in chat sometimes and mention this game. It is stupid addictive. It's like...
1: It's not a drink. Push. It's right. not. A,
2: <laughs> no. Much to Justin's Although,
1: disappointment.
2: Right. But I, I decided <laughs> to make a drink out of it. The Stardew drink, for all of you out there, is one jig of vodka, a splash of lime, and fill the rest with seven up. There's your Stardew drink, so enjoy nah, no uh the game yeah games have been difficult to get on this week just because of life and busy and sickness and fun stuff like that but can we talk about the announcement for destiny 2 being released this year because that's pretty exciting i have to say i'm a little pumped i'm a little leery about when it's supposed to be released, because there's not like an official date, but I'm excited to hear that they ha- are trying to get it to be released this year.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> well, and that was it was uh, officially acknowledged by Activision in their call as well, right? Right. The what was not, weird is like not the Reddit rumor that everyone no, was kind of rolling their eyes no, at. No,
2: no, no. But Kotaku did a. a piece on it and they had to roll something back within it saying that Activision was going to take some of Bungie's stocks if Bungie didn't release it by the end of this year and Bungie contacted Kutaku and like rolled that back and that's not according to Bungie that's not what's going to happen but it's interesting that Activision is putting pressure on Bungie to finish
1: which yeah. I'm not a big proponent of yeah, I don't I'd- mind rolling around rolling along with three or four more DLCs before Destiny Two if it can be if it could be done just so. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah, I get yeah, I really I agree with you on that one. I was talking to Uni and Rhino earlier yesterday about how some of the year one exotics have so much detail there's so much lore tied into it that you know that they can't pull that much information that quickly for when they're doing these quick releases and quick pushes. So it's nice to see that they're trying to take their time, but I feel bad that Activision is kind of pushing them into finishing quickly.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and pins pins is mentioning that in chat right now. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, that's, the business side of the games industry i mean it, yeah. <clears throat> that's what happens when you're you're in a multi multi million dollar industry is you got you got deadline i mean all of us anyone who you know has that type of gig or any gig really knows deadlines deadlines exist no matter what and right. when you like uh, you know one of when, when pins and i were talking in, in the chat right now actually in the live chat uh Crucible Radio did a re- uh, birds on Crucible Radio did an amazing breakout of kind of actually exactly destiny uh in their their episode 75 I believe it was um amazing it's an hour hour and a half episode if you haven't already listened to it I really encourage you if you have any interest in at all about that go listen to that episode um because he really breaks down the the business side of video game, the video game Mm -hmm. industry. And he does it in a way that's completely, you know, not bashing anything, which is really nice to hear. And it's a very educated breakdown of it. Um, But it, it, like, if you listen to that episode and then you kind of think about the situation that Activision is in and Bungie, you know, it, it makes a lot more sense, but I, I mean, I agree with you guys as well my biggest my biggest concern obvious obviously is always that the the presentation of the story you know i don't wanna s I wouldn't wanna sacrifice that and i and I don't mean by any means I don't think that that is by any means anyone's desire you know to do that. But that would be that would be my only major concern when you're when you start talking about like people being rushed. It's like a a rush situation is when things fall between the cracks.
2: And we don't want it to turn into another Assassin's Creed franchise because that's literally what happened to them. Mm -hmm. They got pushed to have to put it out so quickly every single year that the games there were so many bugs and the games just didn't feel as well thought out anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: And yep. I I honestly I, I understand what Activision's uh take is on everything. They're looking mm-hmm. for that MVP, that minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they're concerned with. Like what's what's the date we can have something roll off the shelves to turn a profit? And that's what a publisher does. Like mm-hmm. that's their it's the it's the authors, you know, the author of whatever's being published it's their job to ensure creative integrity. Right. Um, Right. right. And, and these are competing paradigms here, but, but um, I will, you know, like kind of, if you're ready to jump off the roof, just, just take a step back. Most of the hard work has been done. Destiny is a cumulative affair. Um, I know we'll have major quality of life changes, probably in Destiny 2. A lot of things will look different. But a lot of the substrate from which they'll be working will have already been – that's that's what we call groundwork. Right. It's already been done.
2: But it's already been also, done. But they're also porting it over to PC, which is a completely different development-type system. So they're yeah. going – well, they, they, they talked about it in one of the streams, one of the live streams, how – when they started going into the, the most recent release, gosh, why am I blanking? Rise of Iron. Thank you. Rise of Iron. I kept wanting to say Rise of Wolves, which was... That works too. That's better.
0: That, yeah. that That's works better. as well. I, I like, like that better.
2: That better. But uh, they talked about how they had to completely port over some of the old software and mm-hmm. we're developing new software so they can make the game run more efficiently so they can have the larger vault size so they can do things that what they hadn't been able to do before. Right.
0: Well, and that's so, that's the rehaul of the game engine too <clears throat> because Right. It was one of the rumored rumor complaints uh that Bungie had was that they were running on an like a a very archaic form of uh if you were back in Halo like we had the we had the map system called Forge. Uh and mm-hmm. it there there was a rumored reason why it took Bungie so long for some stuff was because they were running on an a older version of Forge. Um you know i i don't i don't know if it ever got substantiated or you know gotten got any you know confirmation on that but if that's the case then yes they're technically have the base framework but if they're reformatting the game engine then they're going to have to recreate stuff now depending on what type of game engine you know i can go into the programming stuff probably a discord would be a better place to go into that because it can get really complicated really fast Right. But I mean, suffice to say that, yeah, there's a framework. So basically the benefit is they know what they're working on, but they don't have necessarily, they they might not necessarily have as much of a foundation as some people think they do. And so that is to go to say, you know, whenever you have to rework code lines, especially with a new base operating, uh, basically a base operating system, mm-hmm. um, even if you have old code lines, uh, it, it, that that doesn't really mean bupkis, because because it's like you know your I mean it's like changing from one one language to another. You might know what you're talking about, but if you're changing languages, it doesn't matter. If that, that if that makes sense, like uh, yeah, I mean. I, if you if any, if anyone's interested in that I definitely can I would I would definitely f- be up to chatting about it uh but I think that would probably be better better suited in the Discord chat because otherwise it will be here for a very long time. But yes, I know I know that uh I know that a lot of people are nervous about the whole change coming but but at the same time, hey, we got we get, we're we getting it this year. So <laughs> regardless of what's going to happen, I think it's going to be a good I don't I don't think it's
2: going to yeah, it's going to refresh the community, which is always great. Everyone will get excited again, and start playing again, even if they go back and play some of the old stuff, even in uh, just original destiny. I know we'll have the grind all over again because I don't believe the same character is going to be ported over. Yeah,
1: I don't I look forward to that actually. That's Me a reason too. to play.
2: Yeah, Me too.
0: Well, you know, you're talking about things to uh to go after. You wanna jump into the the topic for tonight?
2: We kind of do avoided it. it long enough, I guess. <laughs> Let's do it.
0: <laughs> all right. The topic of today's chat is going to be an exploration of the final pieces of exotic armor that we have in Destiny currently, those belonging to Titans. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we took a look at the exotic warlock armor. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats as well as links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out on the internets. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian 1, and Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny Audio Grimoire. Our next chat's going to be an exploration of the inspirations of the figure of the Traveler from within the mythology of Earth, which means that it will be somewhat more straightforward breaking of the game's fourth wall. With that, let's go ahead and pull some information up on these bulwarks that our Titans equip to protect themselves from pulling anything while punching all the things. Lorebot, let's go. Query, Grimoire. Database. Results found. Displaying on screen.
1: All right. Thank you, Randy. Um, I guess we can start, you know, and we go from head down like we have been with all the other different classes. Um, We can start with the exotic helmets for the Titan. So, with no further ado, I will speak of an insurmountable skull fort. Which, by the way, would be my like maybe in my top five of destiny themed metal band names. Um, <laughs> this, this the number one is Armamentarium, but we'll 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 get to there later. Um, the flavor text reads: Brain Vault, Sigma Actium, Cranial Dreadnought, Invincible Type. Hence, its insurmountableness. Um, you'll have to forgive me. I'm struggling to remember what the perk was
0: on this one. Improved transfer. Um,
1: yes, yeah, it gave you... This was a really good Crota's End helm for the uh, Starter Titan when it first came out. Um, because it actually gave you it gave you
0: some health regeneration mm-hmm. um, with your storm
1: fist kills.
0: Yeah, it kills with Stormfist immediately trigger the health regeneration, and then you also respawn with a full melee energy, and you get an additional melee charge. And this That's is punches. this is the Daft
1: Punk helmet. If I'm not if yeah, I'm not mistaken. that is, it is indeed <laughs> the Daft Punk helmet. So um, I know I know Green probably had something on this one.
2: Uh, this one was mainly notes that Rhino had, which was kind of cool. He found a, within the flavor text, they ha- talk about the Actium, which was a place, It's I believe it's still a place, in that Greek area, the Mediterranean area. And it's where a major battle happened, a naval battle.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the Battle of Actium was Octavian's victory over Antony and Cleopatra and it was the end of the Roman Republic. Yes. And the beginning of the Roman empire. Yes. The other fun thing that I found on this, I was, and there's a lot of information on the mind map with this. one, it was just really cool. But uh, the other thing I found that was really neat is that at Actium, there is a temple to Apollo, which is kind of cool because it relates back to the traveler a little bit more in that, in that Apollo was the God of, um, basically moon and light and all that stuff put together the sun. He was the sun God. Oh, Greek raw. Sort of. Yeah.
1: So
0: (laughs) Uh, I, uh, Oh, go ahead. Blue. I was just going to follow up on actium. Uh, it's, it was basically the final war, of the uh it's it's what's called the final war of the roman republic which took place in 32 bc um and the reason why it's considered the end of the roman republic was because octavian who would be later known as augustus was actually basically put in charge of rome's army um To combat the forces of Cleopatra, after Mark Antony, who most would recognize this that name, he was a member of the first triumvirate of the Roman Republic. Um, Mark Antony actually betrayed Rome, and because he was he was uh, basically a Cleopatra's lover after Caesar was out of the picture,
2: he was very smitten.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's that's probably the most tactful way of putting this. Um, he but, was twitter uh, he, he Yes, thank thanks, Justin. <laughs> that's the scientific term. That's the scientific term. Okay. Um, well, anyways, Antony Antony actually betrayed Rome and defected to Cleopatra's army and basically was supporting her in in basically a claim to try to take her take control of the Roman Republic from Rome. Um, and then, so in response, the Roman, the, uh, basically the Roman Republic who was still in Italy at that time, basically told Octavian, you're in charge, go take care of these people. And it was drawn out really big, really big war. Um, and Octavius, Octavius basically surprised the ever living blankety blank out of everyone at the battle of Actium. Uh, he was... Not supposed to be where he was, and he um he surprised everyone and just completely basically routed them
2: and right. it was uh, he had less ships than yeah. Antony and Cleopatra did and was able to corner them essentially
0: yeah he, and take them out he pushed them he basically pushed them into a corner where they could not use the size of their fleet against his and as a part of this octavian basically leveraged the entire situation politically and then garnered he changed his name to augustus shortly after this and then basically went back to rome and convinced everyone all the senators that he needed to be given you know power and all this stuff he was in, he was actually such a popular figure at that after that because he was basically the penumbral Roman at that point that the senators really didn't have a choice. Uh, and so they gave him these they kept giving him powers and powers and powers. He consolidated all these powers and then kind of turned around and was like, Yeah, you move. I'm the Emperor now. Um mm-hmm. there was a second tire event and there was a lot of different things. But this is also this is also when the Pax Romana began, which is which is a very important thing because to date in our recorded history on earth the pax romana remains the longest period of peace and stability that europe has ever seen so when we say pax romana that's that's the basically the enforced peaceful interactions with all the countries and all the city states of rome the roman army forced everyone to basically stay in the line don't toe the line or anything if you if you right. challenge them They, this, this was the beginning of over 300 years of naval dominance by the Romans. Uh, They, they basically just had complete supremacy over the majority of every known sea. So not just the Mediterranean, this was every, every known sea at this time, they can, they basically controlled. Um, And so they, they were, they, they weren't, well, they were slave drivers, but in that sense of they came down on anyone who challenged the Pax Romana extremely difficult or extremely right. hard. Um, Going
2: into the picks a few yeah, years later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That did totally not, end, did not no, end well for them. Not at all. Um, and then, yeah. So Actium is, um, Actium is a big, is actually a big uh, scene for, for Roman history, which you know, to tie it back into the Titan thing um, is a big thing in Titans because the Roman Republic and the Roman legions, the Roman, you know, we've talked about how they, that, that influence is seen within the cabal, but it's also seen within the own military forces of the city, especially in the Titans and mm-hmm. the Roman, the Roman sense of, of civil duty, of simple honor, of being the, 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 ultimate warrior while also being the best politician or best leader um it's it's a very big big thing uh so especially and, and especially within the Titan ranks you know if you look at Zavala Zavala not only exhibits signs of you know the eastern philosophy and all that stuff but he also does have a very kind of roman vibe in the way that he manages as the Vanguard commander, he manages the forces of the city. Um, so again, the reason why the whole diatribe just happened is because the battle of Actium is actually, a, I mean, there's, God, there's books written about the battle of Actium um, mm-hmm. that we could go into, but to suffice it to say that it is the end of the Republic, the beginning of the empire. It was the the inception of the Pax Romana, which was a huge deal, and it was also the basically the culmination and the beginning of Romans Roman supremacy over pretty much the known world at the time. So that was it was a big not big s- deal. And then Yeah, you
2: not know, to say that everybody was peaceful with them. I mean oh, they no, still no,
0: no 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 no.
2: They still enforce things. It was just anybody within their deal, they just made sure that they knew who was boss and they would pay. It's like the mob. They were in charge.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Pax Romano was not by don't, don't let anyone romanticize that. Like it was not a, everyone's happy hunky dory. It was often an extremely bloody situations. Um, But that was also the kind of the, the way of the times at that at that particular moment in history. Well, centuries of history. Mm-hmm. But yes. So yeah, yeah, as soon as I as soon as uh Rhino was talking about that, I was like, Oh, yes, we're gonna talk about the Battle of Actium. That is a really really
1: cool So before we move off of the Skull Fort, mm-hmm. which I never thought we would we would fill this much time talking about <laughs> Uh, it's awesome. It's a Daft Punk um, helmet. Yeah, it's a Daft Punk helmet. Uh, before we move off it, I want to address the fact that it's it's referred to as a brain vault. Um, and also um, a cranial dreadnought of the invincible type.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's, there's a very real designation here if we want to talk about the way the game is talking about this helmet as being protection for your head your brain or your thoughts um, real quick just we're all really familiar with the term dreadnought but if you're not too familiar with uh, you know maritime affairs a dreadnought is a uh, battleship it was the predominant type of battleship in the 20th century it was pretty much just a battleship on steroids with all heavy guns on it and a little piece of um, trivia, the only dreadnought still in existence is the USS Texas. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the one, um, <laughs> so I just want to say that there's a lot of, um, in this flavor text, there's a lot of emphasis on the fact that this helmet is an impenetrable fortress of solitude for your head. Um, I want to know what it's trying to protect against. I can only think Is it um, things
2: in possibly things out?
1: It, that's a very good question. I'm thinking it might have more of a Vex twist on it and it, it's it's kind of trying to protect, protect you from the entheogenic cellular Vex elements, but that's just projection on my part.
0: But I would argue it. that it's protecting the Titan from head butting things,
1: yeah, but wouldn't you put a spike on there if you were if it was a head butter of a helmet not
0: always I guess that's true also' helmet same fourteen
1: also though blue and you'll appreciate this I think what if there's something to the design on the on the on the visor? what if those dots when they're bright, that's a one. And then when they drop out, that's a zero. Why oh do you
2: God, do Why do you why
0: do you do this to me?
2: Okay. Whoever <laughs> yeah. wants to go crazy and figure out the binary on, this. on oh, the On the
0: insurmountable skull fort, please do it.
2: We will please revisit do. this at a later date.
1: Why do you why do you but that's a valid that's a valid point. It is. It is I a thought, valid point. I hate you. Thank you, you Blue I said hate, it. I hate you. It's a true. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Having spent enough time on the Dreadnought, I think, for two podcasts, let's move on.
2: So the next one we got is the Empyrean Bellicose. It is a really cool, I think, it's one of the cooler-looking helmets for the Titans. And the flavor text on this guy is, This barely understood Golden Age technology once held aloft the floating gardens of Pomona Mons. Now, it's stopping bullets. And... I love. Have you guys ever just pulled up a big image of this? It is a bunch of cogs. It looks like you have a clock face inside of your helmet inside the glass area. It is super cool looking. I don't know how that would actually help anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's pretty wicked looking. I mean, cogs and levers and all the yeah, mechanics. Mechanics. mechanics mechanics gotta love it but uh empyrean was kind of neat is because it the definition of it is belong or deriving from heaven so that's been used throughout uh a lot of christian writing especially uh this was used in the divine comedy as the dwelling place for god and it is a place for the blessed and the divine that are made of pure light which is nice that it ties back into destiny that way. And then a short definition for bellicose is it's demonstrating aggression and willingness to fight, which is my new favorite definition, new favorite word is bellicose. <laughs> it's just like America, we are very bellicose like.
1: I always That's thought it was the type of veins you got when you didn't have good circulation.
2: That's varicose with a v. Oh,
1: okay. Okay, <laughs> I'm with you. Picking up what you put down.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you want to tag team on this one a bit? <laughs> Blue? Yes. Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> the other, the other uh, note here is from. Actually, I'm gonna pull up Unisys notes that we put in here as well, because I know Hurt Chain had spoken quite a quite about um, the. P- Pomona Mons, which is actually mentioned in the flavor text, it is actually a cornea located in the western coast of the Ishtar continent on the planet venus um, and Herchin goes on to kind of explain that a mons is a different different geological structure than a cornea so is this and he he asks the question so is this an in story made up area or just an error on the writer's part We may never know um now, they also note that there is a similar style to the MK-44 stand-asides and the Ruin Wings, but we don't know if there's any real connection. Um, and they're not as similar to them as as those are to each other. So the stand-asides and the Ruin Wings are much more similar to each other than mm-hmm. this is to them. But um, the... Uh, yeah, it, it's... It basically is, in-game, almost seems to be hinted that this is an anti-gravity device, uh, which would it maybe the, explain the cogs and the gears.
2: Well, it also, it's... The it's, Halo it's
1: 5
0: a, helmet.
2: The perk, because the perk is literally anti-gravity. Right, 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 yeah.
0: Um, And so the perk gives you basically... What is that? Uh, Icarus?
1: It's when you aim down sights, and you, you will hang in, in the air. air indefinitely. Oh, this is, well, not indefinitely, this is though, the, but for a
0: bit. God, I see why you called it the Halo 5 helmet. Um, Halo so 5 yeah, helmet. Yeah, it is the Halo 5 helmet. Um, so, yeah, so you hover, and then you, when you collect orbs, when your super is full, you will recharge your melee, which means that I would hate this because I don't want to pick up orbs. Yeah, Yeah.
1: when when I'm picking up orbs, generally what I want is supercharged, not melee. So, um, yeah, that's not a good, that's not a good look for a
2: helmet. Pins is right. It's the Red Bull. Yeah, it's
0: the Red Bull helmet. I was about to say that as well. (laughs) Gives you wings. Gives you wings. So, um, we actually
1: got to see these gardens. By the way.
0: Yes, finally. The
1: floating gardens of Pomona Mons are actually featured in a crucible map that was actually released to us in Rise of Iron, if I'm not mistaken. Um,
0: so it's a really annoying map for a really annoying helmet. You know, the other thing <laughs> the other thing that this really kind of brings to mind, or well, brings to light is, for me at least, is that this confirms that those floating areas I guess I don't I don't want to call them c- continents but those floating areas that's not actually Vex technology that's f- that's hovering those that's goldnay technology which tells me that's human tech we mm-hmm. created the tech that put those that vertigo and floating gardens those are those were from us not from Vex they didn't they didn't terraform that part
2: I have mixed feelings about that
0: no but it says this barely understood golden age technology once held aloft the right. floating gardens
2: but but okay so oh god what's that map the one that we the crucible map is it floating gardens that's floating gardens it's so it's so vex like though that's no the, the but i mean
0: so is so is vertigo but i mean that's the thing is like yeah yeah Right. I mean, that's 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 because floating a machine floating gardens
1: is the recycling, repurpose factor. thing. It's the efficient thing to do.
2: Right. right. Repurposing is always the more efficient thing. But
1: well, not always, not always. But sometimes, when when humankind hits a home run with the anti graft thrusters, <laughs> the Vex have no choice but to stand up, take notice, and use that innovation. <laughs> <Just saying.
2: laughs> uh. Stand up. That sounds that should
0: and
1: be
2: a witness.
0: Okay. Um, you want to talk about the Terracotta yes, Warrior? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love sure.
2: like this is the weirdest helmet in the entire game, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it kinda yeah. I can
1: I can kind of see that. It's not because the stag exists. Go ahead. <laughs> Sure, I want to run around the crucible looking like something from a Kubrick film. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great.
0: (laughs) So we're gonna. So this is the Turtle Warrior, and the flavor text is absolute unflinching resolve. Um, The perk on this one is resolute, and basically you gain the the perk unstoppable unstoppable when you do Fist of Havoc. Um, You know, breakdown of the name Eternal lasting or existing forever without ending or necessarily a beginning. And then Warrior, uh, especially with uh in ancient times, was a brave or experienced soldier or fighter. Uh Green, I know you you have a thought on what this reminds you of.
2: It just okay, so Terracotta Warriors were this Insane idea that happened in asia i I believe it's in China that the Emperor made a bunch of terracotta warriors samurai type warriors that are just lined up and the idea is that in later after in the afterlife and everything he'll be able to take his army with them, so it's kind of like the whole Egyptian idea. everything that you want with you in the afterlife, put it with you in the tomb. This reminds me so much of the Terracotta Warriors and just the fact that it is a statuesque, I know it's Roman, I know it's a Roman helmet, but mm-hmm. it just has that same feel as a Terracotta Warrior and it's just weird, just weird. Yeah,
1: it makes you look like an Easter Island Statue. I was
0: wondering if you were going to say that. It's
1: I just run around long the long mat going, nose gum, gum, so. dum, dum. <laughs> Hello, dum, dum.
2: dum, dum like, I dum just gum? try
1: to give everyone gum, gum the whole time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you look so stupid with this thing on. But what are the optics like in this? You're just looking through crudely crudely chiseled eye slits
2: are we going How to go into optics on any of these because no. most of them don't even have no
0: nope. nope we're anything. not gonna we're not gonna make this no
2: helm of same 14
1: has a crack um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well bringing up helm of uh, same uh, 14 bring up helmets Same uh, 14. this actually does resemble the helm of same 14 right it also- does pick
2: up the picture
0: it, is. It, it, it's it's similar to the it's very similar it's got the it does have a crest. little bit of a mohawk piece yeah it's got the but, crest mm-hmm. it's got the crest of the helmet and
1: they're both no no you're not wrong blue they're both head shaped
2: <laughs> <laughs> they both fit on a head
1: they're both they both fit on a head so i think you got something going here uh oh my God. before we move on to probably the most intriguing piece in all of titan is that a word? Um, I want to talk about the next one because the next one really suits the needs of a theory of mine, and that's where I'd
0: like to live for All a little right, bit. Hang on, hang on, real quick. Hang on, real quick. No. Yes. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Okay. Go so ahead. if you pull, if you pull up Helm of Saint Fourteen and you hold it up oh, against, God. no, hang on, just hang on. If you pull it up and you hold it up against the Eternal Warrior, and you look at this, it's got. The I can exact, see it. Now. Yeah, you see it. It doesn't have. It doesn't right. have the bristle brush. And and the Eternal Warrior has the visor up. But if you put the visor down on the Eternal Warrior, it's a pretty, pretty close match to the Saint fourteen.
2: Yeah, I can see it, it now. Basically look like they took the Eternal Warrior and put a, a steel plate with a pink line down the center over the front of his face so he couldn't see any better than he did before.
0: Mm. Well, you know, You know, if you want to, uh, uh, if you want to talk about optics, real fast, all these are high tech gear, um, Mm -hmm. and so any of these things are going to have a HUD system within it. So basically, and I and I've talked about this with a couple different people. Basically, what's going to happen is, like, if you put a helmet of this nature on, what what you are going to do is, you are actually not going to have any. You you probably won't have any opening at all to the to the outside. Because the other thing is real, realize that these, these helmets are designed to to hold a guardian or a individual within the vacuum of space. You don't want eye holes in that. You know, that, that would oh, kind no. of be defeating the purpose. And the thing is, is that, you know, you, you have a, a optic feed, basically, that would display onto a heads-up display within the helmet on a minimized screen. So you know, that, that purple line actually is a singular optical reading port. And the thing is with this, with this level of technology, you, you don't know, they could I mean, you could have rear view cameras on most of these helmets. You know, we talked about that a little bit with the, uh, the ATS helmet, right? Um, you can have that full degrees that full degree view now with ATS. There is a, there is a whole different issue, but with like the helm and stuff like that, you can have this. And so, like when you look at the Eternal Warrior, yeah, technically that's someone's face, but it's not necessarily your Guardian's face. I mean, by no means would I I would completely make the argument that it's not at all. If you look at the helmet very closely, um, that being said, that doesn't mean that those are actually eye openings for your Guardian to look through keep in mind that this is again a sophisticated piece of technology you probably have a heads up display within that that would you know display like a motion tracker or anything a motion tracker or anything like that
1: also also if you don't want to stay so um make uh, so technologically grounded um what is your your sense of sight essentially a it's a manipulation. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah, yeah. well. It's a manipulation of of light. Light, correct. Mm-hmm. It's it's the ref, the reflecting, the refraction, the bending of light off of the rods and cones um, in your cornea. So, who do we know who can manipulate light? I think Everyone. it might be our ghost. Like like our ghost manipulates light. Very frequently within game. What if what we're seeing out of
0: our helmet is kind of a live feed of sorts? Right, right, right. right. I, I, I mean, know it's a little I out mean, there. You can you can argue it's you can argue a even, out there. you know if you want to go full spin foil, you can argue that your guardian is nothing more than an avatar of your ghost.
1: You you could say that you could say. Right? I'm just saying instead of trying to find the literal port where this right. picture is no, no, no. coming yeah, yeah. from. Uh, We can almost This image that comes to our face Could be being transmitted to us Mm -hmm. I guess is my point So helmets that seem In design largely ceremonial Like Eternal Warrior Or some of the other ones That seem like they have no practical Kind of design basis Could just It could just be that space magic One again You know
0: Curse you space magic Curse
1: you space magic
0: uh the one last thing on here is uh it is missing the bristle brush which is usually made out of horsehair with these old helmets and this this one kel hair <laughs> this this one has folded wings why why are you? so yeah all right go go Justin take oh moving
1: on to the helm of inmost light. So everyone who was here for the Hunter exotic armor piece podcast is familiar with the light pooper theory. (laughs) Um, The helm of inmost light flavor text reads the light shines brightest in those it consumes. So I'm a firm believer that the helm of inmost light is the Titan counterpart to the acleophage symbiote in that it is somewhat of a, of a microcosm of the dynamic of the traveler in that it is, it is um, consuming the darkness in you and pooping light all over you. That's why it's creeping (coughs) from little cracks in the helmet. Um, Yeah. So, so that's me. It grants you death from above <laughs> and headstrong. So you get a two for one there. You get the death from above perk and that skill tree and then headstrong as well, which I'm sure makes you able to leap incredibly long distances and vaporize me in a lightning fire.
2: Let's see. Oh, what is it? Meteorite. perk type thing. What? It's the fall from heaven's perk.
0: Mm -hmm. Death from above. Pretty much.
2: Death from above. Death from
1: above above is what it's called. Yeah. It's it's stupid (laughs) and it's unfair.
2: It is very unfair. I hate being like... Oh, I'm capping B, and like from across the map, this guy shoots from the ceiling all the way down and just blows me up. I'm like, what I the do have
0: heck? to, I do have to give him kudos when they do the the uh, vault of glass jumping puzzle, though. It's yeah, like you're playing cool. Pogs with Lou Rigno. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and you're the Pog. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the Pog every freaking time. <laughs> I do think it's interesting though, that it looks like a rather generic Titan helmet. Yeah. Um, I think if you were going to go into the blue class of helmets, there's probably a helmet that looks just like this. <clears throat>
0: um, but the cool thing is, is that there is and rhino kind of makes that, I think it's rhino that makes this note here. He's, he makes the note that the helmet does have a resemblance, the young, uh, there's a mythological God pan. Um, and the, uh, that's the the way that it would look is the small horns protruding through the skull like a fawn because he was a kind of a wilderness god. Um, if you look at it like that, you could see, you can kind of see the resemblance there as well.
2: I want a helmet with horns. A Everybody stack. else gets
0: a... All you really I- have to do
1: is be a warlock.
2: I don't want to be a you have warlock. have multiple I options
1: wanna- to suit your I horny wanna- needs.
2: Yeah, all the horny needs. I want a hunter <laughs> helmet with, like, just, just a little bit. I don't I want a rhino that horn. The I just want it a little left. horn. Everybody else has, oh, we get spiders. I don't want spiders.
1: Listen, we are hunters. We put things on our arm that used to live. And in fact, in one case, we've got a living beetle on our arms. I know. Shelly! Shelly!
2: Shelly! Shelly. <laughs> Do not
1: have buyer's remorse Sorry. on your... On your <laughs> Do you not have buyer's remorse. <laughs> okay. Just because they get to wear horns doesn't make them cool. Okay. Glad so. I talked to you off that ledge. Are we ready for the helm of scene 14? The bristle brush! Yeah, let's talk about oh. the bristle brush. Okay, so this this helmet is so amazing, it warranted a whole podcast oh, a long time ago. It um, also and spawned, in a whole cult. Yeah, and spawned uh, a cult. cult that, the cult of pain. So he walked into the demon light, but at the end he was brighter. Pain, the Saint Fourteen. Pain is capitalized.
0: Oh, don't pain? don't no don't don't start this. Don't start this. Don't start this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, just to recap a recap. Everybody needed. out there. Pain is an ancient word similar to Psalm, meaning praise of him, meaning song. Yeah, just song to St. 14.
0: I, I would be remiss if I didn't also point out that it can also be the name of a God. And also,
1: also, I dated a girl named Melody once.
0: We're going to move on to the perk, <laughs> and that perk is Starless Night. Um, so this, this is actually why this helmet – I'm just – I'm moving on. I don't even – I'm not even going to acknowledge this. Um, this is why the helmet was actually really Ruined. popular was Starless Night? Basically, what it did was – or what it does is when you pop a bubble – or when you're I guess what is it technically called ward of dawn it's a bubble. When you put a bubble mm-hmm. down, your bubble blinds everyone who enters it or blinds enemies who enter it, which honestly made prison of elders so much more bearable. But um yeah. And and you have a you have a toothbrush on your head so that when you headbutt people, you can brush their teeth.
1: Okay, so he walked out into the demon light. At the end, he, watched, he was much brighter. Um, this is a line from the pan to Saint Fourteen, which was the song of praise that was committed to him, um, probably at his vigil just before, floor. just before they unveiled the Eternal Warrior statue. <laughs> um, <What? laughs> so, um. I I I would be remiss if I did not mention the the similarity between this flavor text and Toland's remarks about Ariana. Um. It, it's it's a kind of a kind of the highest praise you can say of a guardian mm-hmm. is that they were so very bright, right? They were so very bright right there at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the vibe I get from St. Fourteen. Like there's something special about him. Um I get the I get the impression that St. Fourteen may or may not have been the Master Chief of the Destiny universe. Um probably still is. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's some sort of chosen one. There's something special about him. That's just what I get from that.
0: Well, and we know that he had a very special connection to the speaker. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could. No, go for yeah. it, go for it, go for
2: it. Well, so you have the idea that St. 14 is currently dead, but we don't know that for sure. We really
1: That's don't. not even an idea. That's an awful idea. I don't like that one.
2: Uh, yeah, it's. Well, and I it's, would
0: argue that we don't because we know. We know that the last thing that we heard of Saint Fourteen, and we talked about this pretty in depth in the Saint Fourteen episode, because we've known this from the beginning. We know from the Grimoire that he didn't die; that we he know was that sent. He left the speaker. He he left. He left to go after Osiris. Uh huh. And then it is kind of in implied that. They were There was a vigil for his his loss, so a lot of people have the theory that he was sent to stop Osiris by the speaker joined up with them. well not not even that but but basically he he left, but the speaker didn't tell anyone he left, and that he played um. it off as he died in the wilds when he was when he was going one on one with the Kel. um Sneaky speaker
2: being sneaky,
0: right? Well, and that's also from the camp who believes that the speaker is trying to destroy everyone and their children. Right. He thinks a snick is afoot. a
2: foot. <laughs> nah. okay, sneaky snick. No, sneaky Sneaky snack. Snake is snake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the head boops.
2: Drives me crazy about this line, though. Is he walked out into the demon light? Demon light, specifically. Uh the only time we talk about light in general in this game is the traveler's light. We don't really talk about like dark light or anti light or anything like that, except for this line. And it's like, okay, who does St. 14 attribute the traveler as a good guy or a bad guy. This gets into that whole theory
0: Mm -hmm. too. Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, if he's, if he's a demon, if he, he's a demon, you know, we're gonna go the master run, chief route. Run! So the de- the the term
1: "demon light" is is there's a very unique juxtaposition there that doesn't exist in a lot of other text within Destiny. Light is very specifically good in most instances. It, but, um, in fact, it's it's almost a deliberate thematic choice um, throughout vanilla. Um, Zand, House of Wolves. It's a it's a very deliberate thematic uh, theme throughout those. Until when? When does that change? The Taken King, right? Mm-hmm. And it is only once we've entered the the realm of the Taken King that we start to understand the fact that light can be taken, light can be blighted, light can be a negative. Um, force in our universe. That brings right. up a lot of, a lot of questions for me as far as to right. what this is
0: referring. It's also so, not, it's also not capitalized.
2: No, here's the other thing I would tag team off of your little theory blue when it comes to uh, the speaker being the one who's saying that he's dead. Maybe the speaker is the one who wrote the song to St. 14.
0: Don't, oh, don't I would don't encourage people.
1: Uh, no, 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 that's that's a very good point, Green. I would posit that it's probably not only a possibility, it's probably likely. Because think about it. The speaker has has a vested interest in the hearts and minds of the city. How oh how with encroaching darkness and and, you know, raids by Randall the Vandal and Frank the turbo shank and all of these bad things happening. How, how do you keep everyone calm? You keep them calm by placating them, by distracting them. So you need a very strong propaganda machine to make that happen. If the people in the city knew half of what was going on out in the darkness, um, out in the belt, out you know, it's just out beyond their borders. They would, literally lose it. So I think it's, it's, I mean, that you can find examples throughout history. I think it's very possible. And if you, if you have a very flexible mind like mine, very probable that the speaker is the source of this propaganda canonizing St. 14 as some sort of de facto saint. Um, Yeah. Some sort of martyr. Um, to to rally people around this cause, um, who stands more to gain, who stands more to lose than him, on the morale of the city, the morale of the status quo. Right. God, I'm a conspiracy theorist. So
2: yeah, so
0: basically right. basically, right. hang on, hang on, uh, hang on. Uh, blue. <laughs> blue. <laughs> so the entire time you're talking, what I'm hearing is the speaker is a speaker of the dead. Pretty much. Okay. Moving on. What would you call him? <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a Enders game reference. Uh-huh. He so like when you when you guys were saying that he could be or she it the speaker, they. whatever, that thing. Wrote the pay to Saint-14, if that's the case, that would actually, you know, if you're thinking about his the, the responsibilities of that title, it would make mm-hmm. sense. Because if he mm-hmm. or she is a speaker, that's what they do. They speak. And if you're going to have a vigil citywide, which we know that they did, it would make sense that the individual identified as the speaker would speak in memory of the deceased. Mm-hmm. And well, The
2: speaker speaks for the traveler, mm-hmm. and the traveler, as far as we know, is dead. Is not act. Well, is dead. Hasn't said
0: active. much. Oh my no. gosh, is he going to make someone grow in a tree? Re- recalcitrant is the way I would.
2: It s- can't be a normal tree. It's got
0: to be like it's going to be. Tree. Yeah, it's going to. Oh, the wood needs to be made of iron. I'm going to get into. Don't no. Don't even start down that road because that also connects to Ender. We're gonna go. We're gonna to move to the next item um, before Blue's head explodes.
2: So the glass house.
0: <laughs> don't the throw stones. Glass.
2: Yeah, don't throw stones. Uh, it's a really simple, 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 simple flavor text. Everything is luminous. Which, if you look at the glass house, it's got that triangle motif that you see a lot in the Seva Tech. This is not the one item that I think with Titans that is most related to Seva but it does kind of have that same triangle feel to it. And a glass house is also kind of known as a greenhouse and it it allows for light to be brought in and keep the weather out. So you can grow plants throughout summer, winter, whenever, throughout the year without having a whole lot of issue controlling the environment with inside. Um, Beyond that, what's kind of cool about the glass house is most of the time because of the photosynthesis that happens within the glass house, the glass tends to turn green over time. It's originally clear, but it just absorbs within the glass itself and modifies it. Uh, Blue, you want to talk about the the prison?
0: <laughs> the darker side of the glasshouse? Yes.
2: I'll do the nice side.
0: We're gonna, we're gonna go we're gonna go to the dark side of the glasshouse. Um so there there is a pretty yeah, the origin of this nickname is kind of from a, a very very brutal prison in, in the United Kingdom uh that had a glazed roof and it it kind of translated into a nickname for pretty much any prison. And there's a connection also in a sci-fi novel that was actually inspired by the book 1984 uh based off the censorship. Um and this is tran- it's, it, the book is called Glass House, I believe. And it talks about a censorship war in which censor censor ba- factions basically target data and memories of why wars had started um and they go through and basically uh systematically eliminate th- individuals or manuscripts that argue points that they don't agree with um and so basically basically the victors write the history, um, and they eradicate all this information at all, uh, like in the past. And that translates into pretty much a 1984 esque situation. Um, and then Orwell, yeah, Orwell. We have a passage from Orwell in, uh, in the mind map as well. And I think in Orwell, no, no censorship war was in 1984. I'm getting all my all my books confused. Um so yeah, the famous quote from Orwell is everything is political, which kind of ties into the everything is luminous thing. Yeah. So basically a, your helmet is a brain prison.
2: It's a solar panel helmet.
0: Sure, let's go with that that thought.
2: Cuz well, because you think about the perk of it, it's bathed in light, so it makes blessings of light and weapons of light last longer. So It just- it
1: makes much, much more sense when you read that perk, because it's going to intensify the rays of light on the subject, whatever's inside, which would be your head. And it kind of makes sense that that would intensify those
0: effects, so to me at least. it's also We're wearing a-, a
2: helmet. No, go, go for ahead. it.
0: You're wearing a helmet?
2: You're wearing a helmet that is like the magnifying glass that we used to use to torture animals mm-hmm. when they were little.
0: Mm-hmm. It's also as ugly as sin. It is. No, it's not. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's actually my favorite time piece. I hate this helmet. I think this
1: helmet is uh-huh. so ugly. I wanted to, when I see someone wearing this helmet, I want to decapitate them and hang it from the ceiling.
2: Disco balls are good. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. <laughs> or just hang them up by their toes. Just hang them up by their toes and let them spin. Maybe we'll play Daft
1: I don't know. No, I that, we'd, we'd have out.
0: to we'd have to go find another an, another Titan wearing the, the the what was the insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah, the insurmountable.
1: <laughs> um. So having said that,
0: let's talk about the. Uh, do we want to? Let's talk about the astronaut.
1: Oh, the Takenot. So, <laughs> really cool helmet that I never owned. And uh, it's the Takenot, the Taikonaut. Helmets worn by the first Chinese lunar colonists of the Golden Age. This was the salve to the illness that was... Taking King rocket launchers generally lacked one thing. <laughs> generally? Tracking.
0: <laughs> generally.
1: Tracking. They all lacked it. Tracking and wolf pack rounds. <laughs> this
2: doesn't but give wolf yes. pack rounds, does it
1: though? No. no yeah, no, it doesn't. It just doesn't track. But I was just I was, I was I was mentioning the things that they lacked. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it, just gives, it also gives you third If you eye. had a helmet that gave yeah. tracking and wolf pack rounds I would literally, I would delete Princess Sparkleface and make a Titan. <laughs>
0: because <laughs> that's some that's heavy words top. for your for your yeah, those, those strong, strong your level strong seven work. warlock there.
1: So the uh, the primary perk on this is air traffic control. All rocket launchers gain tracking. Radar remains visible while zooming with heavy weapons, which doesn't sound like a big thing. It is, but it is.
0: It is. Um, Anyone, anyone who's gotten killed by the thrall in the window of Crota knows that radar is very nice to have.
1: Um, I also, um, want to kind of, I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but a Tycho, um, in Japanese, refers to any kind of drum. Well, uh, knot is a Chinese astronaut.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. But why would you refer to your head as the drum? drum Unless pen. you're used to getting just beat up by hunters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they do, they do like to headbutt things, so they like to beat things with their head. It's kind of like a drum, right? Just reverse? So this...
1: Yeah, well this helmet the name of it essentially means drumo not. <laughs> a little stupid, so I have to believe that means something different.
2: Okay. There's not right? a lot of like lore connections.
0: Well, not sky, necessarily. Besides
2: the fact that Golden Age we Yeah, this would the Chinese this is,
0: this is also Russian. very similar to the helmet that you see within uh, the the initial opening trailer where right. the Aris One team is walking. Um, you know these these are the first Chinese lunar colonists. So this is the the people who are on the moon. Um, you know of the golden age. So this is when when you're talking about first light and stuff like that. That's where they they all. Uh, the Hesper yeah Hesperonauts. From Venus is another mention in Titan armor. It's not an exotic mention, but there is a mark, and I think if I remember correctly, there is a full armor set as well. Um and so we learn we learn from that set that we were the ones who terraformed Venus. Um so the these are all pieces of equipment that were made in memory of those explorers and those colonists. Um, and it does seem like the, the explorers, the, the ones that push, push the, the front line forward, you know, so not surprisingly are owned by the Titans. So I think as far as like proven lore, not necessarily, but I think this does kind of speak to the Titans kind of tip of the hat that they make towards these, these colonists who were braving. Braving the wilds, basically, to push civilization out further and further.
2: They are the builders, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: They're in the Fraggle Rock
1: world. They're doozers.
0: Doozers.
1: Doozers.
0: I I, th- I was afraid you were going with a different direction with that when you started that. Sequence, yes, but. no.
1: No, do we want to move on to chest pieces?
0: Sure. We can do that.
1: You want to talk about your favorite
0: your favorite piece ever?
1: Yes, not so, but (laughs) a really good one is the crest of Alpha Lupi. Um, Whoever survives our passing does so only by our consent. I do like that quote.
0: I like the I like the Hunter one a little bit better, but this one is also really cool.
1: Yeah, so this is
0: the companion piece
1: to the Hunter one. it is that one is the chest of Alpha Lupi, whereas this one is the crest of Alpha Lupi.
0: No, they're both they're both crest. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes, I'm looking at it right now. I'm. I was just testing you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this one. This Trying one to make is... sure you know what's going on. <laughs> uh, Take it away, Green.
2: So, <laughs> aesthetically, I'm, the thing that's been. I've been obsessing about with this, this episode is the designs that they use on all the different pieces. When you look at the crest of Alpha Alpha Lupi, you do see, if you pull up a really big image, you do see two wolves on it. And then you also see the image of a hawk in the center, two hawks or two Eagle type things, holding swords. It's, I want to know more about the Hawks than I do. I get the whole Alpha Lupi aspect, but I want to know about the birds and the relevance that it has with that. It also does have the Titan symbol in the center of it. The the multi-square triangle one where they're the defensive six front symbol that they have for all the beginning Titans. It's in the very, very center of that Titan piece. But I want that. That's my big, I want to know more. About this item. There's not a whole lot of or, extra stuff I see.
1: Uh, or just more about the alpha lupi.
2: Right. I mean, what connection does it have? Do you know, Blue?
0: Yes. Uh, well, I have a theory. Um, okay. So Pins Pins is actually talking about it in chat right now. It's it's a very Teutonic feeling. Uh, and a Teutonic, or Teutonic feeling. Uh, so Teutonics are basically uh, relating to the Teutons, which is a Teutonic order. Um, you can go a number of different directions with this. Teutons were actually a Germanic tribe that were usually just about always screwing with Rome. Uh, they were just, yeah, they were, they were pretty BA on all their stuff, but there's also a Teutonic order in the German house of St. Mary in Jerusalem. Um, there, that was more around in about the 12th century in Acre uh it is a catholic religious order uh it was f- founded as a military order and it kind of is really were a lot of like heavy knights um that were predominantly around during the pilgrimages in the holy land at that time they they were kind of basically they were basically the the guardians of these individuals these christians who were on their pilgrimage they also established a lot of the hospitals um that were down in that area so the teutonic knights were kind of pilgrim guards if anyone kind of next, that connection there um but the the more important thing here is if you look at if you look at the crest of Alpha Lipa, like you said there are two wolves um but the eagle that's kind of in the center uh, that is very reminiscent of a very very common heraldic item called the eagle of power uh, or just eagles eagles in heraldry is a huge huge thing um they they usually represent a ton of different things um they're very very popular with uh the more germanic imperial uh family lines but you can they can mean anything from courage to strength to immortality uh you know because the eagle is often within these within these symbolic meanings consider the king of the skies Uh, The eagle was associated with being a messenger of the highest god, which was Zeus um, or Jupiter in the Romans. Uh, The Germanic tribes associated the eagle with Odin. Uh, Judo-Christian scripts with God or, you know, uh, St. John the Evangelist even had, you know, a lot of tie-ins with these. But the imperial eagle is actually kind of the thing that Really, you see a lot of that, and especially the Eastern Imperial Eagle, which is the Byzantine Empire, that is usually, um, presented as a double-headed eagle. And this is became, it, it really became a symbol around the time of the 12th or 1200s. So it's about 12, well, 1261, 1300s. Um, and this was because uh, Michael the Eighth basically adopted the symbol, the double-headed eagle, as his personal crest, his symbol, um, and it was representative of looking east and west. So it kind of it was a it was an individual who was based in Constantinople at the time, and it was symbolic of his looking both ways because that was his his basically his charge was he was looking back towards the traditional power center of the Byzantine government, which was Asia minor. And then he was also looking West towards the newly reconquered land in Europe, which was kind of the, the Constantinople area. So again, this is the Byzantine empires symbol was the double headed Eagle of power, the, the Imperial power. Um, So that's when you, when you look at this, if you look at that center image, you'll notice that it is a double-headed eagle, and then you have the double-headed wolves. The wolves, you know, we can go on and on about the wolves. We've already talked Uh about that quite a bit. Um, Wolves were also very important, especially in Germanic uh, coat of arms. Wolves are very, very important, um, mostly because of the tie-ins with the religious and the mythologies of that area. But that double-headed eagle in the center is usually assumed to be representative of the Eastern Imperial Eagle. Uh, and I can, I can definitely shoot everyone if anyone wants a link to some more information on heraldic arms and stuff like that, uh, or coat of arms, you know, Charlemagne had his own thing, uh, that was hit. Charlemagne's was a single head, I believe. But, um, yeah, it, the double-headed eagle of power is a very, very common thing, especially within the the um, the upper echelons of the royalty in the Eastern and the Byzantine-esque type things. Um, and I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, geez, you can go through the United States. Has an eagle on their seal. Uh, Albania has one. I mean,
2: right.
0: you, you pick a country, and there's gonna be probably be an eagle somewhere within one of their or, seals,
2: or at least a raptor
0: type bird. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, the eagle, the eagle, because just throughout throughout the pages of histories, um, eagles have always been associated as a as a as a kingly bird. Or as the most powerful bird. Um Regal. Yeah, Regal. Uh in you I mean in I mean Greek and Roman mythologies, the eagle was symbolic of Zeus or Jupiter. Like he was the mm-hmm. most powerful figure. Um I know one of one of Germany's shields, one of their municipalities, actually has an eagle body with a wolf head. So, you know, you want to get you get some crazy combinations going as well. So yeah Aww. yeah eagle eagles in when you talk about crests eagles are very 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 popular and wolves wolves are too and i i can't tell i i can't tell on this particular image that i'm looking at but the uh the sprig that the wolf looks to be holding if i could get a closer I've, rendition of that i could probably
2: i've got i've got more on that one
0: okay okay good i was about to say i can't i can't tell what it is from the picture that i'm looking at it's but, an
2: olive branch on okay. this one in particular, so it's definitely okay, following that very typical. You see the yeah. olive branch on one side and the uh, swords in the other; they're just yeah. rearranged.
0: That's that's similar to the United States, exactly. With the arrows mm-hmm.
2: uh-huh.
0: and the olive branch. I mean, the only thing think, the only thing that I would would make me even happier is if they had a uh, a bundle of sticks. But that's because. It, <sighs> that's because it would be like an amazing tie-in to the Roman army. But okay. couldn't get...
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good thing.
1: Slippery slope.
2: Yeah. yeah is, oh, yes. So can we talk about my friend's most favorite armor piece ever? The, my Titan friend. She loves these. She loves this There's one. An,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to... Yep, yeah, yes. Yes, we can.
2: She has a... Not well. She has a uh, a name for this that is probably Uh not super. Uh Everyone does. Everyone Uh does. Same name. (laughs)
0: That's what I was like. I'm just not gonna say it. Yeah. (laughs) We always
2: talk about it every time. She's just like, I've got my grenades on, guys. Yeah. All right. We know. We can see them. Thanks.
1: Uh, this. Whenever I say the name of this armor piece, I always sing it like I'm James Hetfield from Metallica. Um, armamentarium. You know, if you've heard that song, you mm-hmm. would know what I'm talking about. Um, armamentarium's awesome. It gives you an extra grenade charge, and it says, "For this, there's one. Mer- there is one remedy." It's a really weird thing for it to say.
0: Yeah, more more
1: explosions.
2: So well, yeah. No, no
0: go ahead, green.
2: Okay, as a teacher or a former teacher, can I say that in Destiny the Grimoire drives me absolutely insane because some things Everything you can say is
1: that as a former oh, taxi cab sorry. driver. <laughs> drive anyone the
2: Everything, same. Everything's different. Sometimes it's all lowercase. Sometimes it's all uppercase. Sometimes it's capitalized every single word. Sometimes it's actually got correct punctuation. This is annoying, and I want to know why. <coughs> I really, really, really want to know
0: why. They didn't because have the little brown book, did they? The no. little brown. It's because every single piece is probably written by a different person most of the most Probably. of the flavor most of the flavor text like from like vanilla was written was it seth i think wrote a lot of the flavor text and then it like would, there,
1: yeah but wouldn't it, it be through. amazing if at the end we find out every single flavor text is literally just excerpts from zer texting the speaker <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they're so informal and and inconsistent <laughs>
2: It's just yeah, it drives i I get the whole other people write, I am like reading people yes. write, but it's also I know I know from listening to different uh episodes and podcasts of it that they go through a panel and they all they all review it, so it's not like it oh, oh it yeah, 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 it yeah randomly yeah.
0: right, right,
2: sure. yeah,
1: oh, um, so I just wanted to to throw this in there for armamentarium. Armamentarium sounds like a made-up word. Really not. (laughs) Um, It is actually a word. It refers to the medicines, equipment, and techniques available to a medical practitioner. There's an alternate definition that just refers to the collection of resources available for a certain purpose. I lean towards the medical um, slant simply because the flavor text says for this there is one, one remedy. Um, there, is the run. Rem- there is one, there can only be one. No, um there's one remedy. Uh the word remedy has a has a overtly medical context to it. And um I'm sticking with that. But yeah, yeah, I think it's really weird because this armor piece has absolutely nothing to do with healing.
2: <laughs> no. Not at all. Well, heal the wounds of war by adding more fire.
0: More wounds. More wounds to deter future wounds. <laughs> yeah. um, the, other, the other definition of remedy is to set right an undesirable situation. Is that what you just did there? Yes.
2: He remedied the situation. I remedied the situation.
0: <laughs> have... Oh, and another okay. thing. No, that's, that's the perk. And another thing.
2: Uh, okay,
1: I thought okay, you were about to give me what for. <laughs> um,
0: you want to talk about the really interesting one? Yes, the night, the night garrison, or the twilight, the twilight garrison, garrison the twilight which garrison. is important because I can't swim, so
1: I need this one.
0: <laughs> so the twilight garrison is one. The flavor text is: One day, the last city will be known as the first city. Um, You'll notice on the mind map that we actually do have notes from both Rhino and Unisus on here. Uh, The uh, Twilight, so breaking down the name again, Twilight is the time between day and night where the sun is mostly gone, but that that last glow remains. Um, I'm not even going to read the next sentence. And we're going to skip to the Garrison. And the Garrison is a place where troops are stationed in a fortress or a town to defend it. So... Yeah, you, you saw the part that I skipped. I don't. I don't. That's I, don't I added. That. About, yeah, that was don't me. don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Just needs to go into the deepest bowels of. Anyways, um, Uni has that you know the flavor. He he actually has in his in the wiki that they have over on the Cryptarch subreddit. Um, the flavor text of this this is a quote. The flavor text of this piece, although we do not know who is actually quoted in this text, hints at someone who is proud of the last city. What it has become in its future. Currently, in game, we do not know much about the last city or the people that make up its populations. We know that certain weapon foundries come in and out of the tower and reside in the last city. The uh, another nice little tidbit on this piece is the logo sprawled across the top half of the front side—a circle with a dot in the center and what looks like wings coming from each side, pointed skyward. Skyward should be familiar with it, or should be familiar to us if you take it and he has a image here and you take a closer look, this is the same logo that can be seen on the vault in the tower that we guardians use every day. Um, so that, that was actually me, that pointed that out. But then when he, and he pointed to a conversation that DBM gamer had, um, that actually seems like a pretty good theory. Exactly. What is going on with this logo? Uh, DBM kind of said that he feels that the chess piece is made by a little known faction or a division of said faction that was left out of the final game, or at least the current iteration of destiny. This faction is called the FOTC, which we've all talked about a little bit before. It's known as forces of the city. Several concept art pieces contain images of weaponry as well as ships with the FOTC logo. Um, he has a couple images there as well. And you can also find the same logo on the front and back of the chess piece. FOTC's original role was the Defense of the Last City. Currently, we know this to be the role of the Vanguard. It's entirely possible that FOTC was replaced by the Vanguard on the release of the Destiny. The logos are similar but not the same. All of this is theory and speculation, so as long as that is you know clear. Um, and then he goes on to kind of talk about the other kind of iterations of logos that had been removed from different pieces of armor. Um, let's see, what else do we have on this? There, are, you know, there are some really, really interesting theories on the Twilight Garrison. Um, the number one one that comes to mind is exactly how the exotic perk works. So the exotic perk for this particular armor piece is what's called tactical air support. Um, and basically what this does is while you are airborne, you can evade. So you can basically move to the side. Um, now there's a number of different theories on exactly how this is, how this works mechanically within the game mechanics. Um, but actually one of the best ones that I've read is if you, if you are running around with the arm or the armaterium, the twilight garrison, you'll notice that you have, um, little like cylinders that pop up, right. As you're running around
2: Booster and so pack, huh? Booster pack.
0: Yeah, basically. So like you, you'll see these little cylinders that pop up note. You still have police lights on this too, which is really entertaining. Um, but, anyways, like if you when you're running around, you uh, you'll notice that you have these little cylinders that pop up. Now, when you jump, if I remember this correctly, if you when you jump, there are four cylinders that pop out. Now, but I don't think they pop out if you've used the evade feature. And so, one of the theories is is that's actually a collection. System, in which it's actually collecting air, air to use as a small air jet or a boost jet to move the user in a different direction, based off where they want to go. So I, I actually I really like that theory. I was like that actually makes to me it makes a ton of sense uh, that that would be what what that was. But I didn't I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on on the the night fortress.
2: well okay so twilight garrison if was there a group that prior to when the darkness really hit and everything went to to badness yeah poop town thank you um was there a specific group or a garrison that was there helped fighting because a twilight garrison i mean when I hear that, I honestly think of the group that fights before the darkness really hits
0: oh i can I can see,
1: yeah, how about this? How about this? What if this is a chess piece from a garrison of of combatants at Twilight Gap? Well, if they came up with this at Twilight Gap and this is Essentially, essentially a Twilight Gap chess piece. Also, the logo that we all like to point out is is present at the uh, vault in the tower.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just looking at the iconography of it, and I'm kind of thinking that's a traveler encased in, in some sort of defense.
0: Mm-hmm. If you look at the like, back... There's th- if you look at the back of the chess piece, it also looks very similar to the Cryptarch logo.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah, it's portion of the Cryptarch logo, which is light spewing – which, if you really look at the Cryptarch logo, what it is is light spewing forth from an engram.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the letter like a, and a. A, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It. I like it. I think we're all on the same page on this one. I just like the fact that it has police lights, and that it fits with nothing well, shader wise. Yeah, I'm shader so wise. glad
2: that they allowed us to do shaders with these.
1: guys. Yeah, but this one doesn't allow it us does. to do. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> no. I it's really like, hey, hey, so. what are you running, Shadow White? I'm gonna be green. Hey, what are you running, <laughs> who? I'm gonna be green. Oh, what are you running? <laughs> Oh, oh! Uh, I don't care what you're running. I'm gonna be green. So yeah, that's funny. This uh, one, this one's a good one.
2: You want to move to gauntlets?
1: Let's do gauntlets.
2: So first one we've got is the Run AC the gauntlet slash zero feedback fence, which we talked about a little bit. What the ACD was in the Hunter episode. And that means the active contact defense. And the... It has feedback as its main perk, which feed... Wait, no. What is the perk? Where's the perk? Why can't I find the perk? Is it Wrath Conductors? No, that's
0: not... That.
2: <coughs> Somebody help. Active,
0: uh, I think it's active... No, no. Sorry. I was just reading. Yeah, I think uh-huh. it's Wrath Conductors. Hold on. I'll pull it up. Um... It
1: is and I do repeat, it's wrath conductors. <laughs> Taking damage from melee attack deals damage in an area around you. There.
2: No worries. Get into that southern draw. Uh, yeah,
1: that's uh I don't have no.
2: okay. So
1: can I can I kind of give my take on these? Do it so um, electrically speaking <laughs> um no, no, don't laugh at me blue that's that's a little rude um so <laughs> he knows where this is going um, it's It's actually funny because um, I do a lot of uh industrial control work. And we deal in a couple of different basic types of signals. Um, some of them are what we call DO. Um, some of them are EI. And then there's AI and AO and all, a whole bunch of other things. But um, DO is digital output. A digital output is either on or it's off. So it's kind of back to binary at this point, it's either a one or a zero. It's a full value voltage level, or it's a zero value. Um, I kind of look at these as an AC DO feedback fence as, as being a set of gauntlets that has built into it um, probably some sort of super capacitor that's able to store a charge and discharge it um, when you're meleeed. Um, so I could, I can like really see the, the actual science behind these things. Um, and I could probably make you a working model. So, so there's that probably not that would kill thrall, but I could make some that would annoy people at Walmart.
2: Yes. It's that scuffing the feet and then shocking somebody.
1: Exactly. Pretty much. I mean, that's pretty much where we're at. Like, um, capacitance is literally the property of of an electrical conductor to store a charge and discharge it when a you know when a difference in potential is present so the the capacitance of an object is its ability to to store a charge so that's what i think is in these acdo
0: feedback fences so justin just to confirm these these rec- these would enable someone to be thunderstruck mhm okay yeah and i think in fact you've been, you've been you've been thunderstruck
2: <laughs> mhm
0: i'm sorry every time i see these i can't help but think acdc
2: well okay so ACD- speaking of seeing-
0: oh acdo
2: mhm thinking of seeing these things this is a year one exotic like this came out year one this was the armor piece that looks so siva like to me it's warsat it's warsat tech though yeah i know it's WarSat. it's warsat tech Tech, which
1: is rasputin tech which which is what siva tech so we love triangles is is what is the takeaway
2: triangles are great but,
1: yeah. I still refer to Vosik in the in the Wrath of Machine Raid as Lord Rhombus, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. No, um I love the feedback fences because they make sense to me. I love things that make sense to me. There's plenty of things that don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like that's... the next ones?
1: <laughs> yeah. Shit, pretty Christ. much Bull <sighs> gloves.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> So Emulation Fist has I think Accelerant, is that the name yeah. the the perk for it? So it unlocks the Sunbreaker subclass node Explosive Pyre for free. It's the uh with uh Hunters we have the that helmet, the purple face helmet that unlocks the shades for, for free. Of Thank you. This is the one that unlocks a, a piece for free for the Titans. And enemies brought down by your hammer explode, chaining fiery soil damage to other enemies. They're annoying. They're super, super <laughs> annoying.
0: You basically infuse your hammer with gasoline.
2: Right. And it's just, its Titans are a bunch of pyros. And they they blame it on everybody else. Like, listen to the flavor text of this. Don't let the sacrifice be in vain. Like you're, he's not sacrificing himself. He's <laughs> sacrificing you. <laughs> Don't let it be in vain. Let me blow you up. Do the thing you're supposed to do. Blow everything. <laughs> okay. <What laughs> I mean. Tank. Tank. Ding. Yeah.
0: Um. Real quick. So immolation means. Basically sprinkled with sacrificial meal. Uh it comes uh-huh. from Imolat, which is the Latin word. Um and he, hey. it basically means to cause death by fire, which includes the act of burning someone else or suicide by fire. Uh it's always it's, like, it's always in sacrificial use. It's like burning an effigy type. Yes, kind of. Deal. Or, you uh-huh. know, burning at the stake.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh this is a pretty I mean many cultures had different versions of this. This sounds a, a little harsh. It's a, it was a little little piece, a little bit. Um the uh the one of the most one of the most powerful displays of immolation was actually the Buddhist monks uh when they they basically set themselves on fire uh in, as a as a display of severe protest to a number to uh oh I just went blank on the entire situation <clears throat> the entire situation. Uh
2: tight or not
0: it wasn't it wasn't the square. It was um Oh my gosh. I feel so bad uh, that I, I don't remember good. this. Um it was a Vietnamese Buddhist monk and and it was the persecution oh, he was he was protesting the persecution of Buddhists by the South Vietnamese government. Uh so he basically sat down in an intersection and lit himself on fire. It was a it was a pacifist yeah. <laughs>
2: pacifist by setting yourself on
0: fire well because you know what it was it was yeah it was peaceful protesting because he wasn't harming another individual which was his entire point actually um it was do you know what uh what what robin williams said the
1: uh the buddhist monk said right before he lit himself on fire guy said what are you doing he said making you deal with your ish yeah
0: (laughs) yeah John Making F Kennedy
1: you deal with
0: your stuff? Yeah, I'm John, done. John F Kennedy said that no no news picture in history has generated so much emotion around the world as that one. So, it's true. Yeah, and, and and yeah, and and so that I mean that's that when you when you talk about immolation, that was that's the thing and like y- if you look at if if you have not seen this picture, which I I'd kind of be surprised if you haven't because it's a very very popular picture. Um the The thing about the picture that is so powerful is and hurt Chain's kind of talking about it in chat right now is that he's completely completely calm like the entire time he is not you know he's 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 just he is completely at peace with what he's doing um and so immolate and so that's the thing is immolation's not it, it's, i mean if you think about this for a moment, immolation is not a pleasant thing i mean this is this is definitely not. Something you would you would wish upon any of your enemies, probably, except for unless you were a Tink Tink, then apparently you want to throw everyone under the bus. But if you actually look at the gauntlets too, they seem to be canisters of, I'm assuming, accelerant <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> strapped to it. So, which I'm not. Yeah, there's there's a really funny yeah. story from D and D that I could go into about doing that, but. We're not going to. We're going to go talk about the no backup plans.
2: The shiny ones. The
0: shiny ones. So, no backup plans is, I know that the perk is Force Multiplier, I think, right?
1: It is Force Multiplier. Shotgun kills, trigger, force barrier, and force barrier's duration is increased.
0: And yes, they are shiny. These are the other ones that if you see them in Crucible, you think that you got lucky and found heavy. I call these the purple people beaters.
2: I like that. (laughs) That is my new favorite name. Purple people eaters. No ammo. So
1: look, I'm not good at much, but naming stuff is kind of my thing. Um,
2: like <laughs> now I want to write a song based off of the purple people eater, but change it to represent no backup plans.
1: We, we'll make it happen. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh yeah, Coach.
0: don't don't tempt him. Uh, poetry in action. No backup. Yeah. No ammo. No problem. no problem.
1: Yeah, basically. I want to hear
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger say that line. <laughs> I mean, this basically ties into the uh, the punching things. Lore of Titans.
2: And you I'm get a you. punch, and you get a punch, and you get a punch. All the punches.
0: And then I know, Yay. Green, you wanted to talk about this one. <laughs>
2: I'm so excited about this one because I feel like I... I, yeah, if you were not in chat yesterday, I blew up Uni and Rhino pretty pretty well in the Destiny chat room because I was excited. I've these these gauntlets of the Ruined Wings have drove me crazy just because they're really weird looking. If you pull up the uh, they're Star so Collective, they are pretty, but they're weird because they have just all these different like little pieces that come off of them. It's like the beetle, but without the beetle, but uh, they, were,
0: they were jealous of Shelley.
2: I guess as they should be, as they should be, <laughs> but uh, ruin wings. The flavor text also got me thinking, and it talks about in the garden grows a tree of silver wings. The leaves are ruined. The bark disaster of the seeds. We do not speak very, very poetic. Type flavor text for sure with these guys, and so I went digging, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna pull up an image of this, try to figure out what's going on, what's if there's any clues with the image of it, and then when you pull it up, you see that it's got this swirl type design, and immediately I first thought Fleur de Lis doesn't quite fit. That's French, kind of has that imagery. But it's, it's not quite right. So I went digging even further. And I was like, okay, what else does the Titans have that's themed towards them? They're very Greek-Roman themed. And I found a connection with the acanthus plant. And acanthus is a stylization that they used in a lot of their pillars and just designing filigree type things. And it is this very similar design. If you pull up the wiki for it, the pillar, you can literally take the center of that pillar image and nearly put it on top of the part of the gauntlet that you'll see if you pull up just the gauntlet side picture from the inventory list. And the acanthus appears in Greek architecture all over the place. And on top of that, um, it was used... uh, Virgil described Helen of Troy as wearing a dress embroidered with acanthus leaves, which super spinfoily makes me think, okay, the Helen of Troy thing, Helen being kind of this seed of destruction or this part of destruction within that whole story, downfall of that area, but... That's just me being SpinFoil. If you want to talk more about that, so I don't go on to this long, crazy rant of SpinFoil, just hit me up in chat, and we'll talk about Helena Troy and how crazy she was and how that whole situation was just messed up.
0: <laughs> bad Paris. Bad Paris. Not
2: just bad Paris. <laughs> bad dad. Bad dad. Bad, bad man. Anyway.
0: <laughs> the other, the other thing I noticed too, if you look at the armor, the pauldrons and the the forearm covers have wings,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so that kind of ties back into the the concept that the in the garden grows a tree of silver wings. So I, I thought that was. This tree does not sound like a super amazing thing that we should really strive to be, but it, it's kind of interesting, too, because if you think about it, in the garden grows a tree of silver wings, and you're donning silver wings. So are you saying that you are becoming the tree? Could be.
1: Oh, the- I think it's not. I th- I think it's not likely or I, I, let me rephrase. It's not possible. It's more. Likely that we are the seed of ruin,
2: like the gar- the tree of silver wings. The tree itself is the traveler. The silver wings, the ghost.
0: Hmm.
2: Yes. Know what, I mean, I don't know how to describe. See, the bark.
0: I was, I was actually like, thinking that we were the tree of silver wings. The leaves are ruin. Our bark is disaster. So the leaves and bark are our weapons and our armor, and the seeds mm-hmm. are the orbs of light that we drop.
2: That's a good interpretation too. I like that
0: because the seed the an orb of light seeds another guardian's ability mm-hmm. and grows.
2: So that's I want to know who s- spoke that, or if it was even a quote, or if it's just a a read.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and the other thing is, is like, <clears throat> what garden are we talking about? Are we talking about the Black Garden? Are we talking about the pun? Uh pamona gardens like what are we you know the flying gardens the fact that the garden is capitalized makes me instantly kind of my personal thought is that kind of ties it to the black garden um i okay but, okay but so i'm like i don't this okay 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 just
1: stay with me here here we go i think whatever world whatever civilization that the traveler is cultivating is its garden. Right? We are its garden right now. Um does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I I I think that's what it is. I could be wrong. I probably am wrong. It's happened before. But that's my thought.
2: Well poetic interpretation can be just that. I mean, it's all poetic interpretation. I don't know if there's going to be a super right answer or a super wrong answer with these guys.
1: Mm-hmm. It's. it's just- no, they say poetry is like the truth. People hate poetry.
0: So. Yeah. Truth. The more the more I think <laughs> about this, so. Um the other the other thing that this actually made me think of and i i had to look it up just to make sure that i wasn't going completely off my rocker on this there there's a um there's a scottish fairy tale uh by it's basically snow white um and it's it's called gold tree and silver tree um and some some people might know this it's a it's a fairy tale by or it was collected by joseph jacobs and it was a. it's basically the story of Snow White, slightly slightly different than the popular telling, um, in which the king has a wife whose name is Silver Tree and a daughter whose name is Gold Tree. And basically throughout this entire story, uh Silvertree is trying to trick the king into killing his the daughter so that she can eat her heart. Um because of, and it's, it's, it's a very, very closely aligned with the translations that most people are familiar with, with Snow White. Um, but instead of like the stepmother, it is actually her mother. Um, so I don't, I, and the only reason that I'm thinking that this connects it is because it's in the, it's in a garden that Silvertree makes the connections, um, and the the way that gold tree survives is basically they don't, they don't speak of her. Like they, they basically hide her. Um, so you wouldn't like, and I'm thinking literally here, the seed you do not speak of because it's her daughter that you're not speaking of. And I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to, but I don't know why, but that's what the more I read that particular line, um, that's kind of where I'm going. The other the other thing, you know, going off the concept of the seeds and the, the tree of tree of or the leaves of ruin is the Persephone uh myth Persephone myth and hate the the rape of Persephone by Hades, mm-hmm. where he uh, the pomegranate seeds.
2: Well, Scrappy also mentions in the, the chat Genesis. The Genesis story is, yeah, as but well. Genesis I mean, didn't
0: have silver. It, the The tree of good, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, didn't really have. It wasn't explained as having ruinous leaves or disastrous bark. No, it was actually a very beautiful tree, and it wasn't the seeds that you do not see. And actually, they spoke of it very, very plainly. They were not subtle. They were. They were plainly instructed not to touch it like they it wasn't uh-huh. just that you couldn't speak of it it was you don't eat it you can talk about it you can look at it you just don't eat and it wasn't the seeds it was the fruit was, um yeah and I, I mean like i i definitely see i i definitely see that um because i i kind of had the same thought initially but then like i kind of walked through and i was like well there's no silver there's nothing silver associated with the t- the tree of the garden or of the knowledge of good and evil um there is maybe you could argue something connected with the apple discord uh going back to your Helen mm-hmm. um who would yeah. be Eris? Well, yeah, Eris. That's because you always invite Eris to your wedding. Yeah, why wouldn't you? She's fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, she's at
2: least comical. I mean, I I, just have her there for the banter. I
0: will, I will be honest. This flavor text is probably up there with one of my favorite flavor texts. Like it's, it's just that um, mysterious, poetic. It's, it's very well written in my mind. In my opinion,
2: definitely, definitely.
0: You want to talk about the the spike, the spike gloves?
1: Oh, the thagomizers. Yes, the thagomizers. The flavor text reads, don't get too close. (laughs) Sometimes it's about the music of a conversation, right, Blue? Um, (laughs) The primary perk is one-two punch. (laughs) It unlocks the striker subclass node amplify for free. You get an additional melee charge, which is very similar to what happens um, on the old Bond Brothers strike. Right.
0: You get too close. You get kind of. Well, and that's where I think if I remember, isn't that where you get these?
1: Yes, I have a it's not even theory. I think it's fact. I actually made a Photoshop image of the armor piece in front of the character. We got these from the Primus. Um, or from
0: no, which one of them? We did not get. The, I know,
1: not the Primus. Uh, what's the, his one name? of the Shield Brothers? Uh, yeah, one of the Shield Brothers. It's I can't it's remember his Maul. name.
0: It's not. Was it Mall? No, it's not.
1: I'll I'll bring it up right now. We can link it in show notes. It's it's empirical proof.
0: <laughs> empirical that proof. That oh, I remember not, this it's, picture. It's as
1: close to empirical proof as, as is going to be provided here.
0: Um, it's, it's right up there with, uh, while you, while you pull up the proof, uh, the word, the word actually is a word that was coined by none other than a cartoonist. Uh, the cartoonist who created the far side, uh, Gary Larson, he created the word to kind of explain the tail spikes of the stegosauride dinosaurs, um, and he created it and it's actually been adopted as an informal anatomical term by paleontologists and pretty much all scientists. Um, and so basically what those were, what those were, were those giant spikes, you know, that you common see, commonly see on a stegosaurus, um, even though it's not technically on a stick, but anyways, um, they would uh-huh. use the, it spi- no, it's not, it's not on a stegosaurus had uh-huh. plates. Um, a spinosaurus had spines, but anyways, um, they would use the spines on their tails to swipe and actually butt, like just budge bludgeon predators. And they, I mean, they would they would go to town. <laughs> they were very very good at him. Um, would it also
2: apply to the dinosaur that had just the basically the hammer on the end?
0: Oh, uh, the. Uh, I can't think of oh, what it's called. The armadillo guy!
2: Yeah, he looks like one.
0: Well, like, so... Okay, hang on. do do <clears throat> So, no, it would not, because, quote, a thagomizer is the distinctive arrangement of four to ten spikes on the tails of stegosauride dinosaurs. These spikes are believed to have been a defensive measure against predators. End quote.
2: Okay.
0: So, yeah, it is It is specifically the arrangement of spikes that were on the Stegosaur dinosaur, which is pretty much the Stegosaurus.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I think the... Yeah, there's a couple of different ones. But, yeah, there's... Oh, God, there's a ton of different ones, actually. Yeah. I take it back. It's not just Stegosaurus. There's more of them. There's a lot more of them. I don't think any of them had feathers, though. Sad day. Anyways, well, um, that we know of. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So this is this is specifically to the, the Thagmite, which is actually, if I'm looking at this, kind of. Oh no, there are four spikes, aren't there? Because there's mm-hmm. one on the one on the forearm. There's three on the three on the pauldron, and then one on your your arm, which is kind of intriguing because how how are you oh I guess shoulder charge probably I'm like how are you supposed to swing your shoulder that's why I'm not a titan you get a punch and you (laughs) get a punch you get a spike um let's see do 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 you
2: get the picture Justin
1: working on it
2: okay do we want to stall or do we want to no no i think you move on okay you move on it's like we can go to dune marchers
0: dune march oh my gosh this led me down a rabbit hole
2: you you do dune (laughs)
0: this this led me down a bit of a rabbit hole uh so dune Uh marches dune marchers are the first in alphabetical order of the exotic leg armor for the titans The flavor text says, whether on solid rock or shifting sand dune, the inexplorable sand eaters never slow their pace. So, they they are actually dune marchers. Um, The exotic perk on this one is Speed Demon, which basically increases your your sprint speed. Uh, You increase movement speed while aiming your weapon, and your tighter turn radius while sprinting. So, basically, these are Radiant Death Machines for the Titans. Um, They're also... I do have to give you that they look a little bit better than the radiant dance machines, but that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's not hard guys. So good job, but yeah. Um, so this led me to kind of go back and look at the sand eaters. Now the sand eaters are a, a formation in the cabal that we kind of know. And we, Basically, this is the formation that we most frequently encounter by Guardians. Uh, the Sand Eaters represent the numerical b- bulk of the Cabal presence on Mars, and their equipment, tactics, and morale all show the weight of a long deployment, but they continue to pursue their, pursue their objectives with dogged, wary determination. Uh, so Sand Eaters' role and purpose is they are the frontline infantry. We see them in the Scablands, in the Barrens, and most predominantly in the Exclusion Zone, uh, in, like in— that, so, the Barrens is your initial spawn point when you're doing patrol missions on Mars. Uh, if you go right and you go through the little canyon, that's the Scablands, which is, by the way, the best place to go for Relic Iron, in my opinion. Um, the Exclusion Zone is the first mission on Mars. Uh, you basically have to, that's the one where you ba- break into a Cabal bunker to take down the Cabal's block on orbital communications. Um, and that's also where you actually find the gate to the Black Garden in the Valley of Kings. So you actually get a bit of intelligence on that piece in that mission. But to go back to the Sand Eaters, they, like I said, they're the frontline infantry. They are the pretty much the people who, if there's going to be a unit that gets sacrificed in the Cabal forces, that's the Sand Eaters. They're, they're not very... There's a reason they're called Sand Eaters. Um, and I want to say... I'm trying to remember real fast. I, I did have the high command for the sand eaters written down. Hang on. Where did I put them here? We have basically, we have two Brackuses from the sand eaters and that's the on or the org. Um, and that's really the only, the only thing that we got on the sand eaters. I want to say sand eaters were green armor, but I'm, I can't remember. Don't remember. I used to, I, when I was doing all the cabal stuff, um, yeah, green, green and brown. So these, these are the ones that have the green and the brown armor. Um, their, their logo is the, the green banner with kind of the, I don't even know how to explain that, but anyways, um, yeah, they, they, they don't really, I mean, the, these guys are like I said, these guys are just basically the rank and file. Um, but they're also the Cabal, so they don't stop. They just keep marching across those dunes. You guys yeah. got anything Anything on that that you want to you wanna uh, toss
1: in? It was actually Primus Ta'an, who was the Thagomizer. Oh, Okay. I found that out. Now I've got that image and we can actually you can link it in show notes if you want.
0: Oh, cool, cool, cool. Alright, so what do we have after Dune Marchers?
2: MK44 stand asides. <laughs> Pardon me, coming through. Wanna read that like with that British accent? Pardon me, coming through. Red One side. <laughs> One side. But the stand-asides have that same design that I was talking about earlier with the ruin wings. It has that, oh, that filigree type design on it. And their perk is the be somewhere else, which has increased the duration of shoulder charge and tighter turn radius while sprinting. Which means I don't get to do anything in Crucible because I'm constantly getting run over totally yep. run over all the time. So the MK 44 th- is a 30 millimeter chain gun. That's also known as a b- Bushmaster, but beyond that, there's not a ton, ton of things going on with it. it just has that design that's similar to ruin wings. And they're pretty. I
0: like <laughs> They're pretty. These. Yeah.
2: So did I you don't... Peregrine? Unless you got.
0: Did you talk? Yeah. No. Okay. Peregrine.
2: Peregrine
0: Greaves. Greaves. So I like this, this one you want? You want to talk? Well, the flavor text on this one is "Victory from on high." and the peregrine strike is the shoulder charge deals bonus damage when activated in the air which is kind of a kind of an interesting little I you know, I actually I like the way these look cuz aren't mm-hmm. isn't this the one that has like the blue I think so uh orbs yeah, on I yeah know. the knees and the ankles um <laughs> so this one green do you want to talk about it
2: well, the only thing that I had really about the peregrine, there's just multiple of the word peregrine. Um, it's peregrine greaves means from on from above and also like a traveler. So that's like the basic breakdown of the peregrine as it's used in this. The bird itself, we were talking about it in chat earlier, just it's another one of the predatory birds that's related to the raptors, which is a type of. Eagle is also a type of raptor bird, and they are beautiful. These are actually one of my favorite types of raptors because they are probably the most elegant and the most swift. Because it's known for to be able to dive at about two hundred miles per hour when it's like diving to grab something on the ground, or to, it's just amazing that they can get that quickly, get up to speed that quickly. Uh, there is also an automotive. Kind of parallel, the Rolls-Royce Peregrine Motor, a version of their Kestrel-class aircraft engine, developed pre-war for air combat planes engaged in close quarters combat situations. Equipped with a supercharger, it easily could boost its speed to a starting forward thrust in seconds most known combat plane that used this was the whirlwind. Mm -hmm. so fun connected back to a lot of our planes and stuff like that, or our ships in the game right there. But one of the older archaic uses of the word Peregrine is also means to come from another country. So foreign or outlandish, not saying that that's something that's necessarily meant here, but it's just a fun little tie back into that we are not all from this area by the Traveler. Oh, Scrappy, you're sweet. Sorry, <laughs>
0: reading chat. Um, yeah, I was going to say the archaic definition, uh, if you look at them, they are, you know, they look distinct and a little bit outlandish, so I can kind of kind of see the, the play off that archaic definition a bit as well.
2: And then the only thing we have left Are the marks which
0: are Butt
1: rags
2: Butt rags for
1: They're mud flaps Can we just be
0: honest
1: <laughs> there's, there's only one class item that matters And it's called a cloak <laughs> There's. I don't care about your little arm bracelets I'm not trying to live strong I'm trying to kill strong I don't care about your your mud flaps. Just move along. Sorry.
2: Uh, there's four different... <laughs> <laughs> just moving on. <laughs> just, uh, just
1: ignore it. I just love keep... <laughs> that. It was like... now, I mean, skipping a beat.
2: Yeah. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at pushing the story along. Um, there's the three class items basically that are tied to the factions. Mark of the Bolivian is tied to Dead Orbit. And Mark of the Executor is tied to New Monarchy. Mark of the Circle is tied to the Rainbow Squad. So those are those three. And then the only other one that they have is the Mark of the Sunforge, which is the class item you got at the beginning of this last year when we first mm-hmm. got
0: Taking the care.
2: subclass for the sun, the sun Titan, the Solar Titan. So and that is it. We did it. We got through all the, armor. all the all the armor. What you think, Blue?
0: Yeah. I am surprised that well, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised it take it took this long.
1: I'm but not. then again, I, we, our, we, longest I, episode, I, our longest episode our longest episode ever Titans. was the Titans episode. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> we also didn't start technically start this until about ten forty five, so was well, that
1: supposed to be my fault, Green? Yeah, it's always your fault. I didn't say fault.
2: it was your it's fault. your
1: fault. I think you thought it. No, or maybe that was blue. One blue of you thinks, thought it.
2: Blue thinks loud enough for the both of them, mm-hmm. so it's okay. This
1: is true. You're correct. You're correct. Well, do we want to move
0: on to? Uh...
2: We have any dispatches?
0: We don't have any dispatches. Apparently, everyone was pretty black and white on the. Uh, the Titans. Well, we
1: can
0: uh, move on to some shout outs. You want to do this? Shout outs. Shout outs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead, Green.
2: All right. So, my shout out is to Rhino and Uni because, whoa, these guys have been doing the armor pieces and the different gear that we get, all the weapons. They've been digging on this lore forever. And personally, okay, before getting into this, these last three episodes, I could care less about the lore with the different armor pieces and stuff like that. I really didn't care. It's just like, it's not part of the story. It doesn't matter to me. But there's some really neat things that you can find within all these different armor pieces, especially within the Titan class, which was kind of surprising to me, that I actually enjoyed something Titan-like but uni and rhino have been s- compiling so much information forever and they are definitely the ones who probably helped me the most when it came to understanding this prior to doing the shows. So my shout out is to those two because they're awesome and we wouldn't be able to do this without them.
1: Justin, how about you? S- so very true. Um, so my first and foremost shout out is to one of our own. One of our own. Ma's gonna be a pa. <laughs>
2: Ooh,
1: I was wondering how you were gonna phrase that. Congrats.
2: Ma's gonna be a pa! Congrats, Redneck.
1: Redneck Ma is expecting he's with child. He's with child. He's, <laughs> he's expecting His with child. I have I have don't worry green. I've told him what to expect when expecting he's ready.
2: Oh, my
1: Ma gonna be a pa <laughs> call you Redneck Pa from now on, probably not probably gonna still call you ma, but um, yeah, just just everyone shoot, shoot redneck, some love. I don't know if he was ready to go public with this, but he told me, so
0: he made his choices um, <laughs> um, so. I was like as soon as he told you, I, I don't really know yeah, what he was expecting. He was- <laughs> He was
1: ready to go. Um, also, um, big uh, big shout out to um, – I just wanted to read something real quick if I could. And I know everyone's probably read it or s- – most of us have probably seen it, but I just wanted to bring it to, to attention. Uh, the Destiny community is kind of in a little bit of a lull, but that's okay. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be all right. But um, one of my clan members posted this in our uh, in our clan chat, and I just wanted to share it. Um, this is a Reddit post from – oh, Lord, how do I find the, the username? I'm bad. He's from Beam 8 mp He um, says one of his hobbies in Destiny has always been finding a random people that seem like they need help and helping them out. First of all, that's awesome uh only the only game that happens in um sometimes that means looking on lfg and intentionally inviting the people i can find with the lowest raid completes or joining a team that seems to be failing at a boss the most difficult of all the tower challenge if you want to hear the cutest tower tower challenge concept, success read on the tower challenge is when you find a lowish light player in the tower and see if they will actually join you on a nightfall or raid. Let me just say the tower raids are something else beyond anything you could imagine in regular LFG. Tonight, I feel like I hit the jackpot in finding someone just enjoying the hell out of Destiny. He found a 376 and he joined the party. It turned out to be a retired man, had played mostly solo Destiny up until recently. No nightfalls, no raids. He's played over 600 hours of the game, has three characters, a a 380, a 376, and a 371. Yet since he's been playing mostly entirely solo, he hasn't been looking stuff up online to learn. He's had quite a different experience than you'd think from someone with 600 plus hours. He didn't know that there, (laughs) there was a weekly reset. He had no idea why Tuesday mattered at all. He solved the sleeper simulant puzzle on his own, working on it a couple of hours a day for a few days, just randomly entering the code via process of elimination. Um, he didn't know the names of the subclasses or the damage types. He thinks Xur's a jerk. Because he's been spent a long time buying legacy engrams, thinking he had a chance at a current one. He loves Dragon's Breath because you can light the riffraff on fire on your way to the main target. <laughs> he loves auto-rifles. He loves auto-rifles. He's got more than 300—I'm uh, sorry, three thirty seven thousand auto-rifle kills because they are the easiest to aim since he has tremors. He's played a grand total of 12 Crucible matches. He says it's fun, but he mostly is the bait that draws out the enemy. And he really loves Prison of Elders. He said he recently got a mic and made a friend with another older man who taught him about infusion. He said he wasn't a gamer. I disagreed that this was the most complex and interesting game he'd ever played. And if you want the crowning jewel while we were waiting around for the Warsad on the Moon to complete his Ikolos fusion core for the nightfall, He tells me, yeah, this game has actually kind of saved my life. My wife passed away Christmas 2014, and I'm raising my 11-year-old granddaughter, and all my family has already passed away. My son passed away nine months later. I'm retired, so this game keeps my mind pretty sharp. I mean, I feel like I live here. I have lucid dreams about being here, and those are really exciting. Most exciting times of my life, being in here. And the guy kind of goes on, but really just talks about the magnitude of like, he's just doing a little small thing, trying to help somebody who's, who's light level. Something is insignificant is his life level in a video game. He's trying to help him with that. And this guy's like, this game has helped me with way more than some stat. So awesome Reddit post. And, uh, really kind of just caught me right in the feels and I thought warranted reading. So, yeah. um, to everyone who helps randos through raids, um, and helps people get through nightfalls and, and stuff like that. Uh, thank you. Cause you make this community what it is. And that's freaking awesome. And, that was- and that's it. That's, those are my shout outs. That was the longest ever.
0: I don't know about them. Let's, let's not, Let's not get crazy with those claims, I think so. I think it, okay. was. it might be it might be up there. It might be up there. <clears throat> um, real quick email topic for next week is going to be on the traveler and mythological inspirations of that figure. so I know there's probably going to be spin foil. Um, we welcome it. Please send it to our group hucks. Um and then also we I I actually kind of made a like a, a soft announcement in the chat earlier today but I was talking to Uni Uni has a wiki over on the cryptarc subreddit that actually we kind of read from tonight and uh in this episode and you know he's he's been very busy helping a number of different people with other projects and so he hasn't been able to really keep up with this wiki And so I was talking to him. I'm going to to be talking to Rhino, too, because I know Rhino has his own version of a wiki for the entire database as well. And we're going to I'm going to try I'm going to try to see what we can do to kind of to merge those and kind of get not a super wiki, but like kind of a wiki that uh, allows us to access some of these trivia facts that we find so interesting and, you know, kind of help help them get uh, get a get a build going for that and you know what we kind of said in chat was hey we have a community here who loves this exact type of stuff um, who loves talking about the trivia facts the connections and all this um, the one the one filter we're not looking for spin foil we're not looking for we're not looking for theories on, on this particular piece um, we are looking for fact factual connections on the different pieces of equipment and this can be any piece of equipment any piece of weapon armor class item artifact whatever you want um, what we're what we kind of are going to do is i want to talk i want to ask everyone to send in those little factoids that they have send it to our group box and then what i'm going to be doing is i'm going to be basically filtering that over to uh who however we decide we're going to do this that we're going to kind of put together a process between as many people as we can, um, to get those input into whichever system. Um, once we have that kind of worked out a little bit more robustly so that I can actually tell you where to go, we are going to try to push that so that everyone can then have a single destination site, kind of not, not nearly on the level that Ishtar has, because Ishtar has, you know, an amazing layout. Um, but more for just kind of like those of us who are kind of intrigued on what the, the small tenuous connections to facts, like, you know, um, like what we were talking about with the, the battle of Actium, Actium. um, you know, green, you were talking about the plant connection with the Greek, um, the Greek, sc- uh, sculpture and all that kind of that, that type of stuff. Uh, so what we want to do is like I said, if you have any of those factoids and you know you have a favorite piece of armor, your favorite weapon that you have done actually some research on, please send that to us. email it to us. What I want you to include in that email is that factoid. you know obviously I need to know the piece of equipment, obviously, the uh, the information you know you don't try try to keep it somewhat succinct. you don't have to, but just try. Um, and then if you do that, make sure to include either your gamer tag or your, uh, what is, what's PlayStation? PS, PSN ID. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Your, your, your game, gamer tag, which is on Xbox gamer tag or your PlayStation ID, I guess, which is your gamer tag. Or if you have a Reddit username, um, we were thinking that we were going to be doing, uh, this over on Reddit. If you have a Reddit username and you want us to link you to give, make sure that you get credit for these factoids that you you want us to put in here. Include that so that I can I can actually tag you and get you that credit because I don't I don't want anyone you know. I want to make sure that everyone gets credit where that credit's due. So, um, yeah, Scrappy, no, this is this is not homework. This is an offer to you guys for us to an kind offer. Of, for you to do homework yeah well it's an <laughs> offer to help okay. it's an offer i all right well let me rephrase this i'm going to be doing this and so this is me reciprocating for all the help that uni and rhino have given us mm-hmm. um i'm i'm asking if anyone else is interested in doing that alongside please please you know just send those in um you don't by no means do you have to. I'm not expecting it. I'm I'm just extending the offer out there in case anyone does have anything that they want to make sure that we get in there. So but yeah. Yeah. We can't pay those guys
1: back enough for no, what they do. Not at all. And, so. g- and green too. Mm-hmm. And and green That's green so and alt and Libby and Uni and Rhino and Toto, yeah,
2: Yeah, you too. And it takes everybody. I mean, that's the whole point about this community is that we are a giant family and we all have skill sets that are great for what we do. It's just getting our way and helping out the way we can. I'm
1: still trying to figure mine out, but we'll get there.
2: You're a great comedian, Justin. You're oh, like the, thank you. You're the uh you're also a good punching bag sometimes too, so we'll we'll keep you. Oh thanks. Back. Yeah, no problem. You're but, sweet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a sweetheart. But yeah. Blue
1: doesn't yeah. he doesn't drop that one, he just hits me.
2: Yeah, blue <laughs> I don't think is going to argue on either of those. Points. I don't I'm not a red no face. Shoving a Twix in his mouth. Yeah, I'm
0: like, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to start eating because I'm just, I have nothing, nothing to contribute to this conversation. Well, it's that time, it's that time of the podcast where we've made Blue start to stress eat. Mm
1: -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. it's
0: time. Actually, actually a a cough drop because I'm trying to fight off this cold. So
2: Yeah, I've been muting every once in a while just so I could cough without coughing on podcast, so.
1: (sighs) That's what I was muting for. Stay
2: healthy, everybody.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Okay, guys. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv focusfirechat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. Be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardians of Destiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.